show from a heavy metal perspective. From Danzig to death, to Dark Throne to Dr. Shrinker. Buckle up, things are about to get heavy. This is the Metal Podcast. Let's rock and roll. Welcome to another episode of the Metal Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We have an exciting and exhilarating show for you today. And, you know, AC, I hope you're as excited as I am. Are you? You know I am. I am always excited. Well, that's good to hear because, you know, along with uh, some many topics we're going to get into, I believe it's the the prestigious PMRC episode. And I'm also going to give us our... Uh, we're going to give DJs Filthy 15, and we're going to do a little reorganization of uh, the PMRC's list of what they felt was the absolute filthiest, most horrific, horrendous, just degenerative, horrible songs of this Filthy 15. And you might be surprised of their list, and I think I did a great job of uh, reorganizing that. So... With that being said, AC, any any thoughts on what uh, I feel like covering today? Uh, no, but before you do, I want to get into some other things. Uh, it's interesting that you did decide to make your own list or reorder them. That was some ni- nice extra work for, for you to do that. Well done. But I, I want to talk about something. Uh, I, I finished listening to 72 Seasons. Every oh trip. my, I forgot about that. Yeah, so Yeah. So after I, I you know, put on the, the record, you know, I, I you know, dust dusted off the old player there and I dropped that needle. And 72 seasons starts, and the song is okay. I think the lyrics are not good. Um, but you know what J- James Hetfield is it's almost 70 years old, so I'll I'll give him some some slack at this time. But the song was okay. The, the riff was all right. I was surprised that that was how they decided to start their record. And I, I started thinking, okay, I think DJ was a little too harsh. He was probably actually being a Metallica hater. And then the second song started. And then, oh my. And then the third song. And then the fourth. It, it just kept getting worse. Yeah, a Lux Eterna, not not terrible that's like the most honest description i can give is one song was not terrible and it was three minutes and something and 72 seasons was okay the rest of the songs were so bad the riffs were so lame so bare bones it it it, it, there was no creativity there's no passion and the lyrics were were really just pathetic James Hetfield is just talking about how sad he is. That's what all all the lyrics were. And at this point in his life, I don't believe you, guy. When you when you're say like you're a multimillionaire in perhaps the biggest hard rock band of all time, and you're and you're talking about misery. Oh, misery! That song Inamorata, like is that is Italian for girlfriend? There's a, a Dean Martin song called Inamorata. And then he's just talking about depression and sadness for 11 minutes. And when I, I read that, the review, the Inamorata, easily the best song of the album, I was really expecting it for 11 minutes. It was, it was going to be like Opeth, 
where there's just going to be a bunch of changes and it was just going to be a, this this spectacle of a song where uh, it just feels like a bunch of songs in one and it, it's the most extravagant thing that Metallica has done in you. No, it was just like one riff over and over. It was so bad. And everyone should feel great shame that praised this record. It's so bad. I am, I'm actually angry. Not that I listened to it or that you listened to it. Cause we pretty much did that as a joke. Like we were not expecting to get anything out of it, but I am angry that people pretend that it's good. And I would be happy if people said, you know what? It's Metallica. Yeah. You know, they've, they've been around for a long time. They don't really have what they had in 1986, but it's nice that they're still putting out music. It's not as good as their other stuff, but you know, I, I like it because it still feels like, like if that's what people were saying, I'd be like, okay, good. You're just admitting you like it just because of the brand name. That's it. But they're not. They're pretending that this is some some really good record that despite their age, they still got it. No, they lost it. I would argue that they didn't have it for very long, but they have long lost it. There's no semblance of whatever it is. It is long gone. Yeah, that album, if I had to like give it an honest rating, I, I would give it a, a three out of ten. Even that might still be too high, but, well, but I, I mean, know, well, that well, might be the harsher well, critic. But they did just well, well, recycle well, riff they, after riff. Yes, like it wasn't they did. like you said, yes. like with Opeth. You know, at least it changes as some type of creativity. This is like, hey, it's that same riff again. So and flat. it's a nine. Oh yeah. Well, when I say three out of ten, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm using, I'm trying to be as objective as I can because this album is certainly better than like a Kesha record. Yeah. But or I something think like that. Yeah. But I think like kind of what you said, like they're the biggest, you know, hard rock band of all time. You know, they got this brand, but like, why are they so sad? Or why is James so sad? That's why I think there's like a, some sort of like agenda or something to it. Like why like trying to make everyone that listens to it depressed. You oh, know, I don't, I don't, yeah, I didn't take it that way. I just took it as this is a, a bunch of millionaires that are pretending to be rock stars because there, there's no such thing as a rock star anymore. And they're trying to, to maintain some kind of edge. And that's how I took it. Cause he can't be like, I drink beer and when I get home and it feels good, I drive a tractor and I'm happy. He can't, he can't say stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I walk my dog and it's pretty good. Yeah. I he mean, he, he probably would do better with country. I mean, that actually sounded like right up his alley. Well, we we had a you know get our, drunk our old, and hit the dog. Yeah, exactly. Well, our old buddy, you know the 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 uh, the shoemaker, he said for years that James Hetfield was in denial that he just wanted to be a country singer. And, and you could tell that he was mad that he was stuck in Metallica and all he wanted to do was sing country. And, and I, poor I, you being stuck in Metallica. Well, or what was that? Well, I mean, I'd be pretty unhappy if I was stuck in Metallica. I want to say James Hetfield was on, uh, the, the Joe Rogan experience some years ago. And he said that Metallica is just his nine to five job at this point. He does, he doesn't have any real 
emotional investment in it. I'm pretty sure he was something along. Maybe it wasn't well, like Joe it. Rogan. But his, yeah, his yeah. Music, his music uh, portrays that. Yes, it's it's very no, obviously no, no hiding, no hiding, no ambiguity in that. Right, but it but that, it, I and yeah, I I I do not understand why people that get to do really easy and fun things. You you really have no right to complain if you do something like that, and. Uh, like, oh, I have, well, I have to be an actor and I have to be in these movies and there's, it's so, I'm trying. oh, I have to be a, uh, in a rock band. I've been doing it for 40 years. Oh, he's such a victim, you know? Yeah. That, it's like, dude, there's mentality. Yeah. And there's people that are like doing hard manual labor into their like late sixties because they can't afford to retire. And these people have the audacity to, to try to get our sympathies get us to feel bad for them because they have the easiest job in the world and our private jet you know was delayed a couple hours and uh you know i almost had to carry my own carry-on well they don't they they don't do that like let's let's be fair they don't they're not doing that their their actual complaint is that they have to play the same songs every night over and over but there's people that their job is unclogging toilets all day they have literal excrement in their nose every day. And you, and oh, you have to play For Whom the Bell Tolls every night to people that paid $800 just to, to watch some old alcoholic pretend that he's like some dark, edgy rock star. That, like, that, that, that pisses me off so royally because it's not just Metallica that does it. It's, it's it's celebrities in general that the, these people have this relationship with us where if we go away they're nothing they're good at one specific thing and that thing that they're good at is completely unessential to greater society like tomorrow if all of the architects or the plumbers or the scientists or something important went away, we'd be in real trouble. If all the the celebrity entertainers went away, life would probably get better for everybody. Too many people are invested in the personal lives of these these charlatans that try they try to relate to us by complaining because we all have our complaints, but their complaints are so not valid because how many people are are still squandering their own p- potential because they're trying to make it as an actor or a musician or um p- uh comedian p- pick any kind of entertainer uh magician uh dancer pick anything in entertainment and how many people instead of working just a, a nice solid reliable job they're trying to get into this industry and then there's people that are in it. They're like, trust me, I have all the money in the world and I'm not happy. You're not happy because one, you treat your, your, your lottery ticket as a burden. And two, you choose to be unhappy. If I had all the money that Metallica had, I wouldn't be unhappy. And and then that's kind of the story. Now, I do believe that Metallica, especially James Hetfield, they are unhappy because they did sell their soul, you know, metaphorically or literally, maybe, I don't know. But metaphorically, 
instead of doing the music that they loved, they just started playing crappy dad rock. And it sucks. And now a lot of people like them, but the people that like them aren't people that care about them. Like people love Iron Maiden, even though Iron Maiden's a really big band, but Iron Maiden never sold out. Iron Maiden just got old. Like their new record, it's not good, but Nicola McBrain is, he was born in 1949. Think about that. Nico McBrain is like almost 74 years yeah, old, he's 75. almost 80 years and he's, old. And he's still drumming like that. Yeah, I mean, I I listened to that record, Senjatsu, a couple times. And I. It's just slow and boring. Yeah, like, and if, like if I had to see them and had to sit through that whole album, there's one song I actually really liked. I think it might be Writing on the Wall. I can't remember, but. Oh, I think that's it. Uh, it might not be that song. I forgot what it was. It had that a cool was the one kind of riff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think I'm done with that. But like, yeah. but still, like, but that, they're just old. That, that that record didn't make me say like, oh, it sucks. They can't play their instruments. Like they still had everything was just a little slower than regular Maiden. Like Metallica, they're... it was like, it was just bad. There's yeah, no comparison. Bad. Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a Maiden show like that. But Metallica. You couldn't pay me any amount of money to 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 be there for a you show. Could, you could pay me a, uh, an amount of money. <laughs> I don't, for anyone listening, you can pay me. I, I will go. For, there is an amount of money I will see Metallica for. It's not a low well, amount, on, on but principle, I will, I I will do it. I won't do it. I will do it. I, I am not so principled that if you offered me $50,000, I would go see Metallica. I, I okay, probably, what about, what I, about lower this? than that. I've got I've got a new one for you. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm, I, just, I'm, I just I love these. I I just heard something. I've never. It's brand new, 2023. It's from the original drummer of Slayer, Dave, Dave Lombardo. Lombardo. Dave Lombardo released a percussion uh, album or or a, so, a solo album called Rights of Percussion. Um, it's 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 a big old pile of doo doo. <laughs> it's terrible. What, what is it? Is it just it, drumming? It. It sounds like, um, like, have you ever seen like Andy Kaufman bang on the those hand drums or whatever? Possibly. Or, or, sounds and like, it, it's just, it literally just sounded like a Hawaiian luau. It was really, <laughs> well, really, Hawaiian luau, that really could be pretty fair. fun, you know, like xylophones uh, no, and stuff. I don't even know. I don't even know how to re- record it because it sounds like it was recorded in the 50s. Like, the production is bad. You're like, well, why does it sound like this? It, but yeah, you got to check that out. Just, just maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just a harsh critic. Maybe I'm just getting old and don't like anything new. But I was like, what in the, like, this was like bizarro world. It was weird. And I saw people like, look at this. Dave Lombardo, founding member of Slayer or, or drummer, uh, comes out with solo album to express his other side of music. Like the side that sucks. Like <laughs> it was really yeah. bad. Yeah. It was really. Bad. I I was at a party some years ago, and someone put music on, and it was we'll call it eighties adult contemporary, you know, just you know, assorted eighties pop hits, you know, stuff that most people will enjoy listening to. And this guy, he he goes over to to the stereo and he, he unplugs the iPod and then he, he plugs in his and he's like, you all have to check this out. And he, it was African drumming. Nobody okay. wants to listen to that at a party. Or, or, 
That reminds me of like a Seinfeld episode where Kramer's like dating some girl and they're they're doing some type of dancing or something. But yeah, no one you do that like uh, you know, in in the confines of your own bedroom or, or wherever other people aren't aren't, you know. Well well and, and here's my, my counter to that. I think people don't actually like that. They have it so they can play it in those situations and look like they're smart. Oh, this person is really cultured. Oh, wow, he listens to to music that's outside of the the abstract. Well, oh, they're doing that African drumming. Yeah, you wouldn't get it. You you pleb listening to your your pop music. You like your your Sting and and your Depeche Mode. Well, I uh, I'm a Renaissance man. I listen to African drumming. Just no, no one wants. I, well, I like African child. Well, That's a great well. They do, they try to do it to you know so they can get away with saying something insensitive because like oh well I can't say anything insensitive because look how cultured and and intellectual I am. Well, I, 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 I disagree. I, I disagree with that I first part. That. No, I, I they definitely say that last part. I think they do it so people just think they're smart. But if you're smart, you don't listen to African drums. You listen to good music, and your your and, and your brain works well enough to just be honest. Because you listen to bad stuff, like, because it's not music. Just banging on drums isn't, it's not music. I mean, sure, you know, if it's, if it's in time and there's something to it, you, I guess you could technically call it music, but just banging on drums is, is not music. So the, these people are, they're so insecure. They, they think that others will not find them intelligent. So they have to, to fake something. The, the, the perfect example is, like art students that just, oh, you wouldn't get it. You don't understand the art. And I've met plenty of people like that in my travels. Uh, well, and, like, mo- uh, like modern art or something like that. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, modern, modern art is, and has always been a scam. Um, let, well, re- remember that one person <laughs> we knew that claimed to be Italian, but we're almost certainly just central American. Oh goodness. Yes, yes, yes. This person Good. told uh, me that, there was a movie that I liked and it was a good movie. And they said, no, that movie's bad because of the camera angles. Like what? No, that no one is thinking about that. Like only a stupid person would say that because uh, like a, a, a 18, 19, 20 year old wouldn't be looking for camera angles in a movie. So they wouldn't be able to refute that. So you say something stupid like that, like a 19 year old doesn't know that a movie is bad because of camera angles. Well, that's what I mean, I'm saying. You get an excuse for saying something really stupid. Oh, I, th- I thought you meant that, like, because you, cause you said Cause insensitive. You, so I thought you meant yeah, well, like someone would you, say something racist or something like, I mean, well, I well, that, that. well, that, well, that too, but know you know, like it's not like that bad, but like, uh, you know, they, yeah, they, people, people pretend to like certain aspects of art and entertainment to look more intelligent because other people look at it and say, I don't understand the appeal. And they say, Oh, you don't understand. Well, that's because you're not as smart as me. See, I understand Well, explain. I couldn't, I just, I couldn't because you don't understand it. So how could I explain it? And it's because they're so insecure that they don't have a thing that defines them. So the thing that defines them is now they're smart because they know music that you don't. Have you ever heard of Meredith Monk? 
Meredith Monk? Is that like Typhoid Mary or something like that? Uh, no, it's not as not as bad as. Oh no, it's not as good as that. Sorry, no, almost insulted Typhoid Mary. No, Meredith yeah, no, Monk is this total hipster composer. She made a movie. I, I recommend everyone look it up. It's on YouTube. It's called Turtle Dreams. It looks like something that someone made to make fun of hipster musicians. It is so bizarre. Now, I'm not going to say the music is like, oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. The music isn't that interesting. It's not terrible. You know, you'll hear it and you're like, okay, that's definitely music. And you'll, you'll see what they start doing. And the, the sounds they make, the words they say, it is the, the whole enchilada of crazy. And, and there is clearly talent there. You know, what one person can actually sing very, you know, very operatically, if you would. But it doesn't matter because it's in service of nonsense. Seriously, everyone, Meredith Monk, Turtle Dreams. It's from, I believe, 1983. You don't have to watch the whole thing. You you watch like five or so minutes of it. You'll get the gist. But th- these are the kind of people they 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 think that they're smarter than you. You look at it and you're like, I don't get it. And you know, art subjective, whatever. And, have you ever heard this adage? The worst movie you've ever seen is someone's favorite movie. I guess by the law of large numbers, that can make you, sense. Right? Yeah. And I, you could uh, you could do the same thing with music, but. There has to be some kind of objectivity. Obviously, let's say, you know, I like jazz, you like blues. That We just like, you know, two different types of music. You know, um, this is an example. This is, this is not something that's real. I'm just, stay with me here. But the, someone could just like get some rebar and uh, some, some, chords and stretch them along something and uh they could just start hitting it together they could just start plucking these these cables and slamming rebar and there could be things that resemble music notes and someone with some kind of hysteria might find that appealing but most people would be able to identify it as bad music because i can be like oh this is the music that i make and there, there probably are some notes there. Just, you know, that's just the, the nature of it. You know, you hit a piece of metal, ping, pong, pong. There are notes, but there's no order. There's no structure. It's, it's not based off of any scales. I'm just hitting things, making noise. And someone might like it, but a lot of people, and not because, you know, they're smart or it probably the opposite, but a lot of people like a lot of things that are unhealthy for their body or mind. And I think that's, uh, I think that's, it's a, it's a good start to, to where we're going here. I think we can segue into, uh, I actually want to get to this before the PMRC. I want, I want to go over because you had to duck out quickly, you know, last episode you just abruptly you had to you had to dip so hit us with just what was your your most overrated and your most underrated band just you know just brief little thing so i i was thinking about this um i like i said before i really don't like singers that i feel are like whiny so my overrated band is imagine dragons oh that's really a good pick 
I really don't like that band. And it seems like they're universally like this, like this. They're almost like a, like a rock band, you know, like what people view them as, but they're, they're... a rock band by today's standards, because exactly. as I've said, hard rock does not exist anymore. And by virtue, if no rock is hard, then no rock is soft. So by their not being a hard rock band, they are just the rock band. Yeah, exactly. And I find them pretty unlistenable, just like, Oh, we talked about raging as a machine. He's got a very whiny vocal. I mean, that's a different style, but it, it's very Just whiny in nature. Yeah. It's very annoying. Um, I, I don't see the talent musically with the keyboards, the drumming. Uh, they do, I guess a good job of having like, don't they bring in like symphonies and stuff to like play with them, but it, it, it would be really boring to watch that band. And then on the flip side, now this might be a little bit outside of the general mainstream's like reach and far and uh, as far as bands go, um, but they are they do they do write beautiful music in its own right. And I my most underrated band is Sodom. I think they should be a part of. No, you already talked about that one. That was your oh, fourth. I did? Yeah, that was where you left okay. off. That was okay. You had one. You had one more, but if so, if you if you want to put Sodom ahead of your last pick, then we'll yeah, I'll do that. We'll do a double Sodom. Just two Sodoms. They're they're (laughs) so good. You had to put them on your list twice. Yeah, it just feels like like, two two different eras of Sodom was the eighties and the nineties. You know, they started off heavy and then they got more heavy, and now they're really heavy. (laughs) Yep, they just keep on going. Man, they, what, they did, I think they've had their 40th anniversary. I'm not sure how long. What, was it 81, the first album? I don't even know. Early uh, 80s. I want to say 84 was Obsessed by Cruelty. Maybe 85, I'm not sure. I know Agent Orange is 86. That's all I can tell you about Sodom. That's all I got to say about that. Well, I, and I guess uh, I like Tapping the Vein. That's from 91. The Masquerade in Blood is the 95 and then the self-title was 2007 code red. i don't oh, yeah. code i don't know what year code red was that was the 80s but i don't i don't know what year it was, it was awesome yeah it's, it's better than the mountain dew of the same name <laughs> i wasn't thinking of that i do like the mountain dew but ew mountain dew code red's gross because mountain dew is gross enough and then now it's like it's it's not just cherry flavored it's like cherry cough syrup flavored no, I'm I'm I, I like drinking stuff. I'm pretty good. Not pretty Mountain good Dew. Mountain Dew is the is the bottom of the barrel. You know, I've I've been thinking about this. You don't like Mountain Dew? You, you, oh, you like RC Cola? On. No, no RC Cola is way better. Cola is so much better than Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is so bad. There's a Shasta? disease. There's a disease named after it. No, there's not. Yes, what, well, addiction. Okay, you, Pull, pull up, pull up your your Google right now and type in Mountain Dew Mouth. Look that up. That is an actual affliction. You I did look- know uh, I had a a teammate of mine, a uh, baseball teammate, he was a pitcher as well, and he would bring like this uh, lunch pail or this this cooler, and he literally would have like five or six huge Mountain Dews in there, and I'd be like, "Are you going to drink them all?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like what? Yuck. And he would. Yuck. Like at least. At least 
I'm talking like five or six Dude. 20 ounce Mountain Dews a oh. day at least. Oh, yeah. And his dad Dude, that, was like oh. some type of periodontist. So he would give him some like crazy painkiller things and he would go out and he yeah, would was uh, it the he pain would for shove. his, his, his uh, toothache. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to look at this. Look at it. Do. Look at it. You like it. That's your future. Look at it. I want you to look no. at it right now. We're going to have a live react to you looking up Mountain Dew oh Mountain. No. <laughs> Ew, these teeth are so skinny. Ew, like I have no teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when they drink Mountain what, Dew. What, what causes Mountain Dew at? What causes Mountain Dew mouth? That's what people ask. Yeah, what drinking is Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew mouth? <laughs> wait, wait, what is Mountain Dew mouth in Kentucky? Let's see that one. Uh, it's just Mountain Dew, but it's in the state of Kentucky. They drink that in Kentucky, and then they get Kentucky Mountain Dew mouth. Oh, it's an epidemic. Ooh, I didn't know about that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Very cool. Very (laughs) cool. So cool. So cool. It might as well be James Dean. It's so cool. uh, Dr. Edwin Smith, uh, a traveling dentist who drove his mobile dental truck for 12 years throughout Kentucky, told CNN last September, June 20th, 20th. What, What could he possibly tell them? Uh, oh, I guess he said. I guess he said it's an epidemic known as Mountain Dew mouth. Well, thank you, Mister Dental Genius. That's, okay. yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we. I wanted to know. Yeah, oh, there's an good. epidemic. Well, what do we do about it? There's an epidemic. Wait a minute. See he, you next time. This, this guy has a mobile dental truck. Like that. That's the guy who discovered Mountain Dew mouth, like in Kentucky. <laughs> Did he discover it, or is he the one that treats it the most? I don't know. He's the only what only one that they. Uh, He's the only one on CNN talking, talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, Mountain no Mountain Dew is disgusting. Uh, I and I haven't had a soda in a long time, but I was thinking about this. Like, man, I really want a, a cola. Like, I I love I love cola, except for Pepsi. Pepsi's gross. Uh, I but like Coca Cola, if I could get it, and not with all the the chemicals and dyes. I just haven't had a soda in, in so long, but I really do like cola. I also like Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper slash Mr. Pib. Mr. Pib is no, the only, Mr. Pib. the only, Mr. Pib is the only knockoff that pretty much tastes exactly like what it's knocking off. Like Pepsi tastes nothing like Coke. Diet Dr. Pepper is pretty good. Diet Dr. For... Pepper is gross. All diets are gross. They, they, they all have that fake chemical taste where I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm just like drinking cancer. Oh, but there's no calories or, oh, there's no sugar. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's but death. it has, there's aspartame, which, which causes migraines and cancer. Isn't, isn't aspartame what was in sweet and low? Isn't that the thing? It's like, that was yeah, the I think old, it was. That yeah, was that like was, really bad. Yeah. They, they used to say that like, oh, in like, the nineties, like, oh, there's that fake sugar. It's it causes you causes cancer. And then you like, no way. And then you read the packet and it says known to cause cancer in mice. So drink it if you'd like. like uh, what? causes cancer so you're selling it anyway what's yeah, going on it's funny that the doctors they'll, they'll advise uh their patients that are like you know ill or have like survived cancer like you know what stay away from you know aspartame but uh, if you're healthy go for it you know <laughs> like yeah, wait yeah, a minute. Why, why would i avoid something if i'm like unhealthy <laughs> you know what i mean like you should just avoid it all the way that makes that's like a active oxymoron you know yeah, if you're if it's if you are on your deathbed and this thing is is going to tip you over into death, you shouldn't ruin your healthy life by taking it in. That is that is pure insanity. 
That's like saying you don't have a broken leg. So go ahead and jump off that bridge. It's, you know, it's only 10 feet. You'll survive, but your leg isn't broken. So it's not going to get that much worse than a broken leg. This isn't the kind of advice that I want doctors giving to me. So, you know, good, good on them for advising, uh, non-cancer patients. Like you don't have the cancer. Don't you want some? You but could on, always on use the, a little cancer. On the flip side, I am aware, or at least I kind of actually try to, uh, you know, do, I try to use uh, like baby stuff, like the, uh, Pedialyte. That's good for Like if they give it to babies. baby aspirin, a baby aspirin. Yes. Baby food, even. No, if they give it to babies and keep babies alive, like, wouldn't it make sense that it would be good for you in adulthood? Obviously, I'm not talking about everything, but I'm talking at least Pedialyte. Like, why not? Like, I am a proponent of, of drinking that. Yeah, I, I want to say Pedialyte, the number one um, uh, consumer of Pedialyte is college students. For their hangovers? I'm pretty sure. Well, they're in college, so they're pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is that true anymore? I don't Your think that's true. I, well, you know, that explains a lot. She's pretty dumb. All right, Napoleon. All right, so here we are. Let's get to the, let's get to the crux of, of this, the, the PMRC, the, the, the Filthy 15 and whatnot. So let's start at the beginning. The Parents Music Resource Center started in 1985, and what... What kicked this all off was, I believe Tipper Gore might have might have been one of the other ones, but I'm pretty sure it's Tipper Gore. She heard her her child listening to the song "Darling Nikki" by Prince, and after hearing the lyrics, she decided, "Oh my goodness, uh, people should not be hearing this, let alone children. This is this is uh, horrible. We need to do something about it." That that's more or less how this all started. So the PMRC, uh, they, they wanted to have censorship for certain types of certain type of content, music that was drug related, violent, sexual, or involved the occult. That was essentially what their, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not category. Hey, help me out here. You're good. Uh, you're good on the spot. Yeah, they uh, like these are no goes. Like you have any of this? They're criteria. Like, no That's a, yeah, the criteria. criteria. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Thank you. I I knew you wouldn't give me the answer, but I knew you but would jog would my memory. You. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, no. I can do that. At least. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there. Uh, we all know the aftermath of it, and it ended with the parental advisory sticker. And all that sticker did was pretty much just be a warning for parents. It, it didn't stop young people from buying records with the sticker. It, it didn't turn records into like the R rating. You know, you got to be 17 or older to buy anything with the parental advisory. In fact, However, some stores like Walmart could refuse to sell records with a parental advisory sticker, though. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, but that didn't. But that was a store preference. It, it, I'm, I'm just saying there Correct. was no, there was no legal precedent saying that if it has this sticker, you cannot sell this to minors. 
right like I, I guess the the movie theater example is is the correct one if you're not what 17 you can't see an r movie or is it 18 i don't even know anymore so but you would have to it's 17 yeah. but you can't you don't have to have to give your id to get this record you could be 12 years old and buy it yeah but all it did was it created a streisand effect where now these records uh the they're they're taboo they got the sticker on them and it just increased record sales so that that's the aftermath so well let let's start with um your take on it so and i will preface this so for everyone listening we do not discuss what our takes are on anything what we do is we we talk about what we're going to talk about and then separately we work on our our discussions of of this so i have no idea where he's going to go and he has no idea where i'm going to go so you teased everyone in the beginning 37 minutes in let's go all right well i did tease my filthy 15 and i'll get to that later but you asked me my take on the pmrc so i'm going to start off with how i felt historically and give the argument you know against the pmrc and what's known as the washington wives and i want to kind of uh quote my one of my well my i believe i said it was my most underrated band which is wasp and they have one of the coolest i mean it, it gets you going here in this and it says let me ask you something i've been reading an awful lot in the newspapers and the magazines about me and my boys here and i was reading one article in particular about an organization you might have heard of before. They're called the PMRC and that, and this is before the song. This is like on the record live and in the raw. I read, I read, I read that they said that they think we are sexual perverts. Now this is coming from an organization called the Washington wives. Now I don't know about you, but that sounds to me like some sort of Jackie Collins Hollywood novel. If you ask me, well, this is for that whole bunch because they can eat me raw. This is harder, faster. So with that being said, which like, is one of my favorite Wasp songs. <laughs> it is. It's a fantastic song um, and a fantastic intro. I still still enjoy it because it's, you know, fighting. It, it, the PMRC essentially is uh, a, a combination of, of essentially congressmen and women's or congressmen's wives. So, you know, it's like. It's almost like you have to fight against the PMRC because it's like this government agency. They're trying to, you know, take down our rights, man. They're trying to, you know, trap us, whatever, to control us. Like we need these voices. And then, you know, you got the famous 1985 Congress hearing with D. Snyder going in and you think like he's all this and that. And, oh, gosh, you know, like he's he's just so smart. But it's interesting to see, you know. The older we get, what like what what happened? Like who who was right in the end? And I think what needed to happen was if they came out with that parental advisory sticker and they really felt that kids shouldn't listen to this, then they should have prevented them. The sticker did nothing. So it was like a great idea. I get I mean it, it just didn't it didn't do what it was supposed to do. So I think, um, and it, it probably 
propelled a lot of bands and people like D Snyder, for instance, into the stratosphere when they really didn't deserve that. Um, but what, 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 did, what did I miss there? Uh, what do you think, AC? Well, uh, I don't want to go and say you missed things. I mean, there's, there's plenty you miss, but a lot of that stuff is just, it's just, just little details that don't really matter. So I think that the inception of it is actually one of the most, uh, uh, unfairly attacked organizations in history. And w- when you think about the name, the Washington wives, nobody likes politicians. And these are the wives of politicians. So these are basically people saying, um, we are the, the people that are the wives of the people that lord over you. And what we're going to do is we're going to come take your music away. That's how it comes off. And you have these people like Frank Zappa and D Snyder and John Denver of all people coming in to pretty much say, you are censoring speech. You are trying to take away this artist's expression and blah, 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 blah. Doesn't matter. But isn't that an way- interesting trio? Well, sure, and and that's a, a thing that people John harp Denver. on. Yeah, people yeah. people harp on, on on this. Like the, these people, instead of you know the the actual artists, I guess you know Twisted Sister um, was was one of them. John Denver and I don't believe Frank Zappa was was one of them. I'm just looking now. Yeah, no, Frank Zappa was a part of it. But there were some songs on the list that um, kind of surprised me and. Some of the songs on the list, I, I think absolutely, I, I get why they're there. But some of them, it, it almost feels like these people were were put out on the chopping block. Like, oh, the, like, okay, Darling Nikki. Yeah, that, especially starting with, like, the their child was listening to it. and Okay, but, um, like... I- do not like that song. I think it's just a bad song. I also think it is a bad it, song. I agree. It is awful. a bad song. Yes, yes. I agree. And there are a lot it's of number, Prince songs number one that I love. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I mean, that's what kicked it there. off. Well, well, I'm saying I love Prince, but yeah, I think Prince has a lot of bad songs. He has a song called Seven, which is like one of the worst things I've ever heard. But yeah, Darling Nikki, not very good. I don't think Raspberry Beret is very good. But anyway, um, so Dress You Up by Madonna this is a song where I really start to have a problem with how this thing is constructed because that song, I never took that song and I've, I've listened to that song countless times. I, I genuinely like, yeah, I, I like all of Madonna's records from the eighties, but the the song is, it's a metaphor for sex. A child isn't going to pick up on that. And it's not something like if they're singing it, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, what are you saying? No, it, it, it's, it seems like almost like just some kind of cute little like love song, but something like animal by wasp, darling, Nikki, um, bastard by Motley Crue. That's a weird one just cause it has bastard in the title. Uh, like the, these very possessed by venom, like very, very into the coven by merciful fate. 
like very overt lyrics. Like I, I know what it's about and it's like, this is, this is edgy or, oh my God. But all uh, Mary Jane of, girls in my house. <laughs> I I've known about that song for a long time. Uh, that song is also not very good. She bop is a little more obvious what it's about. She's like, I see him in the blue Janes every night and cover of a blue boy magazine or something. Something like that. And it's very clear that, you know, I'm, I'm riding high on a, a good vibration or something. It's, it's very clear what that song is about. So if a child was singing it, it would be like, oh, okay. Oh my, that, that's much, and not, not as overt as darling Nikki or like in, into the coven. And we don't need to talk about, well, like this is what you picked, but you know, there's, there's way worse examples from some of these bands. Like high and dry, a Def Leppard, very, very ridiculous. But for the most part, I actually think the PMRC was doing a good thing. And I think they got completely wrecked. I think they were, they were set up and they, they picked uh, a few songs that gives them a, a pretty good leg to stand on. And then they picked some bad songs and that made them look like fools. And, uh, do you, do you know who Al, uh, Goldstein is? I think that's his name. Sounds really familiar. He was a pornographer. I think that's his name. And he, he, uh, argued that pornography was speech and it's, oh, this is just speech. And that's how they were able to get away with that. Where this, a lot of these songs, I think you could make the argument that it is lyrical pornography. Yeah. Obviously but, not all I mean, of them. This, this might be unrelated, but you had mentioned, I believe in, in the first episode, how rap lyrics can't be held oh i guess this is afterwards i guess that's ir- irrelevant but rap lyrics can't be held against the rapper uh, in court oh i'm getting there okay but don't Oops. don't you don't you worry about that well you know all right Why before we unless, unless we forget and these these songs were were the beginning the beginning of the end and these people argued okay well um you're you're stifling artists you know, this is art, this is subjective and whatever, but at a, at a certain point, I would argue that it stops being art when it is a business. Now I, I would say probably merciful fate and venom. Those are the, those bands are the real underdogs there. Everyone else there, like wasp. I don't know how many, uh, records. I don't, I don't know if animal is on the first wasp record. I don't think it is. I know that I know there's that single. I I have it. I I have that single, you know, with, with the cover, everyone, everyone knows that cover, but I'm fairly certain animal didn't show up on that record until way later, but wasp was pretty successful, especially for the first two records. But obviously Madonna is one of the biggest artists in the world. Same with, uh, ACDC. Now, Bastard is on Shout at the Devil. That was a really successful record. Judas Priest is very successful. I would assume Vanity was successful. That because that was that was a Prince girl. Uh, Sheena Easton had a, a string of hits. Prince obviously largely successful. Uh, I know um, Pyromania was a hugely successful album because this is pre Hysteria and Hysteria was kind of the comeback, but. Pyromania was a huge record. Obviously, Black Sabbath 
ACDC. I, didn't I not say that already? Oh, did you say you I thought I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't usually listen to you. I, I, that's fair. No one else does either. Uh, Cindy Lauper, also very successful, but, you know, Merciful Fate and Venom are, are kind of the underdogs here. Where everyone else, I, I would make the argument that they're so popular that, and, and the way that their music is used, that I, I would say it transcends art at that point and then it's just business so they're arguing for freedom of speech and artists need to express their whatever but um and now i am i am not in favor of freedom of speech just like blanket i don't think anyone should get to say whatever they want Uh, and especially when it's clear that they they bought this Prince record for, I think it's their daughter, but that means children are, are purchasing this children, you know, young children are probably not listening to possessed or, uh, Melissa. Well, you know, teenagers are, but children are almost certainly listening to Madonna vanity. Sheena Easton. That's the real demographic of those. Like Mary Jane girls is not for 28 year old men. Like the, the demographic of, of like, especially really cheesy poppy hits. That's mostly young girls. So that's, who's going to be purchasing this. So you're going to make the argument like, Oh, you're calling our stuff porn and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes. Do do you, this is a real question. Do you need to write vulgar, filthy lyrics? Do you need to? Now, again, I, and I say this as the Striper fan, that doesn't mean all your, your songs need to be about positive things, but do you need to, to have the, I, I don't, oh, gosh, dang, I'm going to, I'll pull up the lyric to Darling Nikki. Where is it? All right. Dar, darling Nikki lyric. Because I, I, when I first heard about it, okay, I knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby. Something, something with the magazine. She said, how'd you like to waste some time? And I could not resist when I saw little Nikki grind. Like a child was listening to the song and the child didn't know what any of the stuff was, but the child was probably saying it. And they slowly become desensitized to this type of content. Now there are a few songs on there like, uh, B- Bastard by Motley Crue is such a stupid pick. That's so bad. So embarrassing to 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 pick something like that. It, it really makes you look like such a fool because there there are edgier and, and more crude songs of that era. It's just because as bastard in the name, where they failed was it was the execution of the PMRC. So yes. You know, and that's and why it, it that's started, why I, that's with, why I said started, the inception yeah, it, of it was. Yeah, great. it started. Yeah, exactly. It started with that inception. They really should. It should have been a nonprofit that shouldn't have been anyone tied to you know, the, the politicians. Like they couldn't have picked worse. Yeah, when people. you when you call it the Washington Wives, it, it's it's set up to be a hated organization. Because I hear that and I just think, okay, again the wives of the people that lord over us. Like you have nothing better to do than to take our music away from us. 
Yeah, like but, legal social justice warriors, you know, like that's yeah, you know, where they can dictate policy and push this, you know, like as an artist, if you know any band should have been against that. I mean, just from I mean, without realizing that, you know, hey, should kids be listening to this uh this song called Possessed by Venom? <laughs> it's that song is like I get it with the occult stuff like that. I, that's a band I actually never really got into. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Venom used to be like, uh, my favorite band. I just I just can't do the lyrics anymore. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I it's one of those bands that I They're want. Like I, I, I well, uh, Venom are they're basically like WWF wrestlers, where like they they do a lot of like over the top like anti-christian like satan stuff but they do it in such a way like it really feels like this is like hulk hogan and and uh like million dollar man ultimate warrior like it's so over the top and, and so silly that uh not that i excuse it but that that's just how it it comes off where it feels a little more like yeah yeah okay buddy like i i I see, I see you, you know, you're, you're real edgy, (laughs) but still, uh, what, what good does it do for us? Right. Yeah. It it doesn't have much really. There's not much substance there. It doesn't have a wholesome message. Um, And it doesn't even need to have a wholesome message, but it it has a a negative message and, and, you know, we'll, we'll get deeper into that. Um, what what I I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Uh, no, and it kind of got me thinking about um like I had actually because I hadn't checked out Striper before you had really mentioned them. I like it just a little bit, and I listened to their latest album, The uh, Final Battle, and they're on tour right now. And I'm like, yeah. it's heavy. It's musically good. It's lyrically and vocally amazing. Like the vocalist. Yeah, hits, Michael Sweet's really good singer. Yeah, very good. And even in, like, I don't know how long they've been around, but he sounds just as good. 85, as if... I think, was their first release. Wow. Yellow and Black Attack, I think, was 84. Yeah, it was funny because you told me I listened to In God We Trust, and you're like, that's like the Risk album for Striper. Yeah. Well, it, wasn't that... bad, it wasn't bad. but It's not as bad as Risk, but that was like really like, right. let's make a really poppy record and it'll sell a lot. And then that was kind of what it was. Yeah, and that makes sense because Risk is like so different from anything Megadeth ever did. So it makes this, sense. Like, that record but, isn't diff- that different from Striper. It was just like let's take what we what we have been doing and let's make it poppier. Where Megadeth said like let's not do Megadeth and make it poppy. But yeah, yeah. They, they have better they have better records than that. Against the Law is better. Yellow and Black Attack, total classic. Listen to that one. Uh, Fallen is good. Their whole discography is good. But yeah, Venom, like, and, and I listened to these uh, Filthy 15 in order to get my little, my rearrangement list. I mean, I had a little fun with it. Um, Possessed, and uh, I I just, I can't listen to, to Venom anymore. Uh, I, I can listen to some of their stuff, not most of it, but some of it. But even if I, like, I'm putting on my, um, my teenager hat, Possessed is like their their weakest album from from the Chronos period. Uh, there's and, and there's also like darker Venom songs. 
And there's oh, Venom sure. songs that probably could have composed this list. And that's kind of the whole problem with this is it's just so. Um, it didn't seem uh, like Venom was big enough to be on this list. But the same with Merciful Fate. This was 85. So Merciful Fate only had two records out. Like Fatal Portrait was, was, was that 86, I think? Because Abigail's 87. So was, was, was Fatal Portrait even out yet? I don't think it was. Yeah, that that's uh, I, I didn't even so, think of it like that. Yeah, so uh just King Diamond, yeah, Fatal Portrait was 86. So there was two Merciful Fate records out and there's I would guess that Merciful Fate was probably pretty successful in Denmark as as far as, you know, as far as a, a lot of things in Denmark go. It's a small country. So Yeah. So they, it, was, I, it it probably did well in its country, but there's no way like people probably looked at this, the filthy 15 and they said, what is merciful fate? What is venom? They knew the other things. Yeah. Cause I remember like King diamond was one of the people that was like, yeah, in the early days, you know, we have to decide between, uh, you know, eating a cheeseburger or buying a pack of cigarettes. And we'd always, you know, Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. He picked the cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, they're not, they shouldn't have been on this list. I mean, uh, I, I like Merciful Fate. I, I still, I, I don't I, not listen to them. Yeah, there's but, all, I, I can't do Corpse Without a Soul. That that one I have to turn <laughs> off. Yeah, okay. I like I like there, the music for it, but yeah, the lyrics are they're too much for me. I um I can still do um a Dangerous Meeting. Right. Yep. That's, that one's okay. Um, I can do um. Uh, What's what's the other well, uh, curse of the well, pharaohs? Sleepless night. Well, I can do a lot of King Diamond. I can do almost every King oh, Diamond was, song. Oh, it's just more of the merciful fate stuff. Because when yeah, they went on tour, and I saw, yeah. okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because like Mer- merciful fate, the lyrics are uh, objectively blasphemous. Where King, King Diamond, he, all the they're, they're just like about like sp- like spooky stories. It, it's like it's it's like campfire stories. The records. Which I like, you know. I I I I love King Diamond. I, I think it is a it's a really great concept. Yeah, uh, but I'm really yeah, Merc- jealous you got to see him. I, I, I never I, got to see him. I did get to see King Diamond. Um, but uh, with that, let's let's take a break and then we'll resume. Uh, what what's the song you got for us today? It has been unleashed. So it's a new single by Contortion called Evolve. It came out today, May 12th, At the time of recording. Yes. Not at the time yes. of release, but yes. Both are true and correct, I think. Or they're both wrong. But yes, go check it out. No, both Enjoy. are true. We'll be right back.
nice of them to, to to let us play that for you guys so this is something i i didn't realize that the group's formation was cemented with the help of mike love from the beach boys i didn't know that like he helped finance this group i think that's, i did notice there was a, a beach boys reference in there but that's interesting he was the financing i didn't know yeah. that part yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. And, and the Beach Boys, you know, that's, you know, I'm pretty sure that they were um, hanging out with Charlie Manson, which, you know, I'm, I'm not okay with that, but. Oh, I wish they could all be California girls. Well, I, I mean, maybe that song was, a, was about something else because, you know, Charlie Manson was, was involved. Actually, I think Charlie Manson was after that. I want to say they started hanging out with Charlie Manson around the Pet Sounds era. And that's another record that I'd heard my whole life as one of the greatest albums of all time. And I only know the one song from it, but I do love that song. Wouldn't it be nice if we were older? Pretty sure the song's just called Wouldn't It Be Nice. It's a great song. Isn't that in the the 51st date when he's like... I don't know. I don't don't watch movies. You don't? No. I don't know. Well, it definitely is. Okay, I believe he's like, why would, he's like, he's like, why would you give me the CD of like my favorite, like your 
your daughter's favorite song and we're like broken up, but it makes him realize he needs to come back home. I'll take your word for it. Is that movie good? Isn't Adam Sandler one? But is Adam Sandler good? Um, I liked Happy Gilmore when I saw it years ago. The guy who played Sam Gamgee uh, is in it and he plays like a, like a dummy who took steroids. He's actually really funny in it. He's the oh. highlight of the movie. Well, that's a good role for him. Well, good for him. Uh, yeah, but the, I was going to say the Beach Boys, I'd say mostly wholesome music. And it whole, people have this, this negative connotation of what wholesome means. Because wholesome doesn't necessarily mean cheesy. It just means it's, it's not degenerate. Like the the whole family can enjoy it. That that's the idea, and the whole family means every generation of of people in your family get something out of it. Doesn't mean you can listen to it with your family and not be uncomfortable. Like again, like what I was talking about last week, like Weird Al. Weird Al is extremely wholesome. And, and, you know, half of his songs are about food and the other half are about like TV shows, but it's, it's still funny. And I I mean, it's not that silly. I'm I'm being a little bit hyperbolic, but a lot of his songs are about food, especially in the eighties. Weird Al in the nineties, he, he got a little more refined and, and the parodies did get better, but that is very wholesome music. Can I can I tell you um, some weird some Weird Al stories? Would you like to hear about Weird Al? Yeah, I know he got in trouble, or Coolio was pissed that he did Amish wow. Paradise or something like that. Well, let me. Uh, uh, all right, I that, this that, will this will I know, be related. I know, like, that's like my only only Weird Al story I really know. Yeah, this this will be somewhat related to to where I'm going to go with this PMRC thing. That song, Gangsta's Paradise, you know, that is, a, it's a cool song, you know, as far as how, how it sounds, you know, the music and the beat and, you know, his, his voice talking over it. I, you know, I, I, I get the appeal, but he's just singing about being a scumbag. He's, he's singing ab- about being, uh, just, uh, the dregs of society. He, he's. And this is the gangsta's paradise is just living as a, as a criminal, as a delinquent, just being a piece of trash and weird owl turned it on itself. And, and he said, how dare you disrespect my song where I'm essentially someone worth zero respect. It's not like Weird Al took something that was serious, that had a real important message, that was trying to to really reach the people, and it just it came from the the soul, and it's just just really trying to 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 say something that needs to be said. No, it's a song like I'm a criminal, I steal, I kill people, I do drugs, and and people know that uh, I, I'm I'm trash. And how dare you disrespect that? You aren't worthy of respect. And th- this is this is the direction that that rap went down. Because rap used to be goofy, like 
and I'm not saying back in the day rap was better. No, no, no. It was always destined to be the, and the PMRC opened this door directly. But yeah, Weird Al did Amish Paradise, which is awesome. That song is amazing. It's a fantastic song. One of his best. Yes, it's great. But uh, a lot of Weird Al parodies, I, they, I, just, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it. It was just like, the song is just, uh, just uh, about the Flintstones. I didn't get that. Uh, you know Bedrock Anthem by Weird Al? Yeah, um, he would do a lot of like Star Wars references. Like, I think I'm a clone now. Uh, that's not a Star Wars reference. That's from the 1988, even worse. That is not a reference to Attack of the Clones. That's just about a clone in general. Okay, well, what about the um, the, uh, the the saga Anakin's begins? A small fry. The, so- yeah, the, the saga, saga begins, begins, and Yoda bye are, bye Miss American are, Pie. are absolutely about Star Wars, but. Uh, I think yeah, I'm a, a clone now. It's just about being a clone. Uh, misleading us. No, you just uh, you I'm just taking the L it. on that. You're, you're going to take that L because you heard that song after Star Wars Episode Two came out, which has clones in it. <laughs> it doesn't mean that everything get... <laughs> everything that has clones in it ever is about Star Wars Episode Two. Well, they're they are attacking people. I guess they were. I don't know. Well, all AI are Terminators, so you know. No, that's true. That is true. No, absolutely. Okay. At least we could agree on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have two frames of reference for AI. It is the Terminator and 2001: A Space Odyssey, and those are both had AIs, and they were trying to kill people. Case closed. But anyway, I'm going to go back to Bedrock Anthem by Weird Al. I just thought it was a song about the Flintstones. I didn't get it. I'm like, okay, so this is a song. It's just about the Flintstones. He's making fun of the, of the, that's what he said. Yabba dabba do now. He's making fun of the stupid nonsense oh, scatting he's doing. Peppers. Yes. I didn't get that for so long. And no, I, I thought it was just that. a song about the Flintstones, but he's, it's yabba dabba do now. Because he's making fun of the that's what he's making fun of. Like, oh my gosh, that is so brilliant. That is the yeah, that, that is, is so really good. that's so smart. Like for yeah, for like smart, for twenty years, I thought it was just okay. The song is about the Flintstones, just because he wanted to say, "I got a baby elephant vacuum cleaner," which is funny. I like that line. But no, he's making fun of the 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 way the Red Hot Chili Peppers sing, and that's really really funny and weird owl nice nice classy wholesome you know my favorite weird owl song it might be uh all about the peniums you ever heard that one i don't think so okay, i like yeah. white and nerdy <laughs> I, I love white and nerdy that was <laughs> really great. really funny the, the music video is fantastic <laughs> I, <really. laughs> I like the music video that music video uh that was another thing i didn't understand until i saw the right and dirty music video and then I got uh, more of the references in it, which is it's really, really funny. That's a great oh, video. Fantastic. Yes. I'm wider than sour cream. I'm nerdy <laughs> to the extreme. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. All about the Pentiums. Look up the lyrics now. That song's from 1999. And the lyrics are, are, are more relevant now than they've ever been, which is really funny for a, a song 
about computer tech in 1999 and it's not a dated song that is the most shocking thing weird house pretty timeless but uh but wholesome wholesome everyone you listen to weird al anyone can listen to weird al and it's it's not horrible but these these songs and these people they fought for the right for people to make degenerate music and this was the point that i really wanted to get to music has not gotten better since then in fact, music has gotten objectively worse. Not just it is it well, obviously music can't get worse. The 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 abstract of music, just the idea of music, but the music entertainment industry has gotten worse since the introduction of the PMRC. Because music went from we got a whole variety of stuff on this list. Now all, all almost all pop music now it's all filthy vulgar what are the wholesome artists out there that are that are topping the charts now uh we could say imagine dragons probably not wholesome but uh, it's uh, wholesome like the beatles i guess you know just standard generic lyrical content nothing nothing too challenging you know nothing too um well, the the bar is so low now. It's like you almost have to like. Well, you have to like be okay with Imagine Dragons because they're not well you know, obscene and over the top vulgar. Well, it's, but it's, it's like, not that I don't want to settle for mediocrity. Well, you know? yeah, that's I'm true. But it, that. it's not that I'm I've I've accepted them. But it's just everything else out there. It is about being a filthy slut. W A P. Do it. Yes, the number one song in the world. Doing oh, and I drugs. got I got it. I got it mistaken. I had said that uh, Tory Lanez shot uh, Sweetie, but he actually shot Meg the Stallion, which is the one that did WAP. So I thought that was interesting when I saw the Chris Brown concert from Tory Lanez and Ty. I don't Dallas remember I. you. I don't remember you saying any of this. Oh yeah, I did say that because I went to this this Chris Brown concert in 2019. Uh, in October 2019. Well, you know what? And I'm just announcing the the metal podcast is ending uh, for irreconcilable differences. <laughs> we have decided to part with. <laughs> I have nothing that you said you didn't hate me for. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't say I wouldn't make fun of you for it. Oh, yeah, but you asked how many crimes the rest of that bill has committed, and I okay. said that Tory Lane shot someone. I don't remember and... any of this. You don't rewatch the episodes? No. Might be a good idea. You I have said things. Okay. All right. Well, um, you're well. You know what? So I don't need I. to. You can just tell me what I said. All right. Well, that we've been through this, and you're like, I don't hate you for that. And I, I went on my little spiel about how I. Well, I don't hate you for that, but I do want to make fun doing... of you for it. All right, well, we're about time to reveal DJ's <laughs> 2015. <laughs> Number one. Keep anyway. you happy and satisfied in my house by the Mary Jane girl. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, we'll uh, get to that. I, I do I, I do want to finish this this point before we do get to that. Um, yeah, um, yeah the, the, the songs, they're all about being a filthy slut. 
And they're all about doing drugs, about selling drugs, killing people, and um, and crying, which is just Drake. But Drake takes up a lot of um, songs on the chart. Uh, but for the most part, we, we don't have any any real lyrical variety. We don't have the the like if you want Christian music, you have to go to specialty Christian areas like there's no more christian stuff in the mainstream like there was a time when you know creed was a, a mainstream rock band now there there was a time when when uh i want to say to hell with the devil with that that was a top 40 record christian music used to be in the mainstream but we also had other things going on at the same time. Like there was a, an actual variety of content and now it's, it's pretty much just the one thing. Everything is as filthy as possible. Like Ariana Grande, Iggy Azalea, uh, Megan the stallion, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj. Did you, did you, I know that you like Beavis and Butthead, but I they, do. they, um, where they watch, um, a music video by Nas X, or is it Lil Nas X, called Industry he, Baby? He is, he is like a, a homosexual Satanist. Like that, That's his gimmick, right? Oh, yeah, in general. But the in music general. video, the music video is him getting sentenced to prison, and he's he getting... He's oh, he, he really likes it. And oh, it's wonderful. It, it ends up... You end up watching on the screen while you're watching Beavis and Butthead. Um, luckily, I mean, I'm not going to say luckily, but it is blurted out. But there are about 20 to 30 black men dancing naked um, in a room together. Wonderful. There's, there's twerking going on. There's all sorts of just. This just, is what the kids need to be seeing, right? Blasphemous type stuff. Like it yeah. just, I didn't, like it made me not even want to watch beavis and butthead <laughs> it was that bad yeah and then you know, this is this is what the but, kids need to be seeing like thank you d snyder for for fighting yeah. for this he's just an artist expressing himself disgusting. oh beyond disgusting. But, but oh come on it's art it's art modern art yeah i mean it is you know i've art. seen i've seen modern art and this is this is this is terrible but Post when i was art. when i was about like uh 10 years old i had to I went to this modern art museum in, in England and in this one little area, they took you into this like room. It was a video playing and it was a naked man just like swinging himself up and down and people were just staring at it. And I'm like 10 years old. What Only was, was he hanging 10. from? He was naked. He was I said, what was he hanging from? Was he like just on a swing set or something? No, he was, it was a video of just maybe like a three second video, like recurring, like going on a loop on a loop of him swinging his private parts up and down. Oh, wait, did, (laughs) wait, wait, what this? Okay. All right. This is modern art. He's standing like picture man. Children need to see this. Children aren't cultured enough. They, they need to be seeing this stuff. But that was in, you know, late nineties or yeah, mid nineties. And that was modern art then. Imagine what modern art is now. It's probably... It's, I mean, it's a little Nas X going to prison with 30 black men twerking naked. That's what it is now. 
Yeah, and th- yeah, this is this is the thing. Oh, you stuffy Christians, you're so you don't want to see that. Oh, you're so repressed. Well, this is what happens when 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 you take the power away from them and say like, oh, let people express themselves. This is what they were keeping a lid on, and and because they say, oh, it's art, so now you can see it. What's stopping sexual perverts? We're like, here's my art exhibit for children. And then they're just doing heinous things in front of children because it's sexually gratifying for them. And this is kind of the, my, my whole point with the PMRC here is the PMRC allowed people, it gave them an enemy to fight. So you, you could bring filth into the music industry. So these people were the most uncharismatic, tactless, annoying, shrill people. Yeah, and like you said, it should have been a nonprofit thing and not the Washington Wives. If this was like a grassroots organization of concerned mothers or teachers or just parents in general, and they they formed some kind of thing like the PTA uh, Music Resource Center or something like that, and they were able to pick a string of, of songs and say, children do not need to be hearing this. What we need to be doing is finding a way to keep this out of the hands of children. Because that was kind of D. Snyder's whole point is artists need to be able to express themselves and you're shutting down free speech and free expression. When the whole argument should have been, this is not for children. This is for adults. So you need to make sure children are not able to see this. If you're going to show it on MTV, you have to show it after a, a designated time. If you're going to sell it at record stores, you need to ID people, and they need to be over a certain age. Instead, they, they just did this all or nothing. Like, we need to ban it. We need to ban this music. This is filth. And I do agree a lot of this is filth. But as a consequence of these people being so hateable that music has been in a, a, on a, a nosedive in intellectually and spiritually since then, because, okay, you can do whatever. So now the, uh, see, you, you got these people pretty much saying like, you know, we're fighting against the system and we're, we're fighting for whatever. Well, the, the system is in favor of all this stuff now. So now all these people that are singing, like, like Ariana Grande had a song where she, it's like having, it felt like having sex with a Cadillac. Like that's how hard it was. And you know, she was probably 18 or 19 at the time. That's not taboo anymore because this is all approved by well, what, what is, think- what is in power now. So, so now if you want to be cutting edge. You have to be the opposite of this. So these people that think that like, yeah, I'm a rebel, I'm a rock star, but you're not doing anything that's going against the status quo. You are the status quo. Well, to add to your point, you know, you got Taylor Swift who sings about losing her virginity to Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, that's, right. you know, like that's. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not I, something. If this were 1969. A little personal. Yeah, if this were 1969, that would be pretty shocking. Like, oh my gosh, whoa, she's singing about this intimate evening she had. I don't even know if that's a true story or not. I don't know enough about Taylor Swift to know, 
But the fact that she's singing about that in a song, like again, that Whoa. this is stuff I don't need to know because that's not her husband. And, and, and I don't need to hear about anyone being deflowered, okay? Well, to, to add to your point, too, it's Babe Ruth got kicked out of a baseball game for swearing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, exa- like yeah the standards exactly. standards are so different now, you know? Not oh, if, you there know, are no one. standards anymore. There, there, is, there, is no, there is no bar. Like, it's, like no, nothing is, is taboo enough. And, and these, these rock stars, they like to think about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a rebel. I'm, you know, I'm against the system. I do whatever I want. The system wants them to do whatever they want. The system, and, and they sell this filth to children. Now, I know a guy, he took his young sister to see a Kesha concert. And his sister was 11 or 12 at the time. And he told me that in the middle of, of a song, Kesha stopped and said, wait a minute, stop. There's not enough glitter on these. And she said another word for breasts. And someone came out and dumped uh, uh, glitter on her breast. And, this, and it's a concert of mostly children. And I saw this clip of, it was like a Nicki Minaj concert and she, she was, she was twerking with a bunch of other female dancers and then someone was filming the stage and then they, they panned over to the crowd and the crowd was mostly tween girls. And there, there is no, make like, make no mistake. They know that this is the target audience. They know that this is who is going to those concerts. You watch the music video for WAP, you think the target audience is 16-year-old boys who are just out of their mind horny because they're full of hormones. No, it's really young girls. They they know what they're what they're doing and and all these songs are they are lyrical pornography and they're selling it to young people and it's no wonder that there there's Threads and threads of girls on the internet saying, I can't wait till I turn 18 to open up an OnlyFans. It's because they hear this crap all day. They hear this filth. And it's because these people surrendered and they said, fine, you can put a sticker on a record. That, you put a sticker that says, parents, be advised. These lyrics can be explicit. I remember watching, uh, it might've been even like Scott Ian or, or one of those guys on MTV or VH1 back, you know, in the like early 2000s about like the PMRC. And they're like, oh, why didn't we think of that before? Like put that sticker on like, heck yeah. Like that sounds like, why didn't we think of that? Like, that's brilliant. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Do it for free. I'm pretty sure that um, so far, so good. So what? had that sticker put on it just for to increase record sales well they made fun of it in the anarchy in the uk song yes they um, did they changed the lyrics yes well and he also got the lyrics wrong i think in the he did he did uh, get the lyrics wrong but yeah but i was i would i went through that record after learning the the history of of the pmrc and like okay what is explicit on this record and and I really couldn't find anything. Like, sure, there's there's a couple of swear words here and there, not that many, and it's all in anarchy in the USA, or I guess anarchy in the UK as it's called. But it's and he says anarchy in the USA and so, but that yeah. was their that was their biggest seller, as far as I know, was that record, and it was the biggest seller for a long time, 
And it had that sticker that I think it did not need. And I think they just put it on there to, to boost record sales. Probably. Yeah. Maybe hook and mouth. I think that was one that might've given trouble, but how I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Especially oh, with no, it's, it's just, it's just uh, mentioned in the chorus and yeah. hook and mouth. As long as that's, that's a <laughs> But yeah, I'm pretty sure that they just put that on there. Like that's that sticker wasn't on there. It was literally just part of the the album art. Do we mention Megadeth in every show? Uh, well, that's how you determine uh, a true metalhead is by determining or by answering the question: Megadeth or Metallica? Well, yeah. Okay. Was, well, I was just yeah. asked, that was that was not the question I asked. But thank you for for that. Some extra insight. Yeah. I've always fact of the day. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'll answer the questions even if it's uh, not the question you asked. You'll, you'll, you, you may not have the answer, but you will have a answer. Yes. It may not be the right one either, but it's right to some question. Anyway. It's not, it's not a lie if you believe it. It's not a lie if you change the context. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that's yes, your can, version of the truth. My yeah, version. Yes, is version, always, I'm always right. at some point, yes is always the truth and simultaneously a lie. Just depends on which question you choose to answer. Were you out drinking all night? No. In your head, do you like the new Metallica record? No. So you're not lying. You just chose to answer a different question and you were honest about that. But the, these people all treated the PMRC like it, it was really going to be the end of music. They said that they compared them to Nazi book burners. Like, that's what they were up against. Like, the ultimate censorship. I find that to be extremely mm. interesting and very... Not, they literally called them Nazis. Yeah, and, that, that is... And, and you're part of the government. And you're, you know, you're the Washington Wives. And you're, yeah. you're, you're being called by everyone, Nazi book burners. That Good is luck with that one. Yeah. That is, that is extremely, extremely interesting that they did that. Huh? How about that? Yeah. But these, these people, all they wanted to do was protect their children from things that they didn't need to be hearing. Now, why don't you tell me about your filthy 15? as we teased in the first hour. All right. Well, because I just thought it was funny. It says, keep you happy and satisfied in my house by the Mary Jane girls. I had them. So I I organized it by songs that I like. So that's my number one. That was the one you liked the most, or that was the one you liked the least. I actually liked that one the most because I hadn't heard it before. And I thought it was kind of funny. I laughed the whole time. I, (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of my yeah, that's funny. Uh, Mickey number one. Because I actually, I think that song sucks. I thought that song was so <laughs> cheesy and so lame. Oh, it is. Yeah, but, but that, uh, but it's funny that that. I mean, you don't have to like something because you connect with it. You can like something because you find it entertaining. And yeah, and it's on the filthy fifteen like that. That and Venom is on this list. Like that's. I just think it's funny. Well, yeah, you know what? In my house, they're referencing their vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is. That's good. Fun, yeah, it's very fun, good. Fun. I'm pretty sure Prince wrote that song. 
Oh no! Uh, oh, Rick James. Sorry, uh, whatever. I confused the Rick two. Rick James. Yeah. And then number two, I got Wasp Animal. Uh, like that's your beast. second. Yeah. That's your second favorite. That's second, yeah, it's really my fa- favorite. But but the other sure. one you laughed at. You were more entertained by how ridiculous. Yeah, it was. exactly. And then I got. Uh, I mean, I, I I do really like this band, Merciful Fate. Number three with Into the Coven. I like the intro to that song. Then we got Black Sabbath trashed at number four. That one's a weird one because see this one, I didn't take this song as uh, about like being like, Oh, isn't it cool that we're drunk? I, I took this uh, as like a, an anti-drinking song. Because it was about the dude, or they wrote it after um, one of them was driving drunk. Mm. So I, I took I took this as like being an anti uh, drinking song, like you know that song by Afro Man, because I got high, which is yeah. an anti marijuana song. That's how I took trashed. Well, yeah, and it's banned or whatever because of the drug and alcohol use. Well, right. I mean, not banned, but that's why it was put on there. Or but the, yeah, 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 so yeah, I and that one. See that that's where I put it into. I probably should have made my own list of songs that were worthy targets and songs that were why they lost this fight. And yeah, trashed. That is certainly not a a pro drinking song. I mean, I no, don't it's know, a good song. It is a good song. I like yeah. It. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like post Aussie Black Sabbath a lot. Yeah, I think we said that was underrated. I, yeah, I did. Yeah, was my and then two. Uh, number two. Let's see. And then uh, we got Judas Priest, "Eat Me Alive" at number. That's five. a really good song. And, that, yeah, song is a, he, that song is a little like, the lyrically, that's a little like yeah for me. But so that, <laughs> that's a that's a cool song. Yeah, and, and well, and obviously because Rob Halford is. Uh, you no, know, it's funny that when he came out, it was like very matter of fact. It's like oh, it was like not this big deal like everyone well because it was one of those things where nobody (laughs) thought about it but once it came out everyone's like oh of course oh the leather the chains the hat the lyrics (laughs) the lyric that that was a thing that that was the thing (laughs) that i heard early on is everyone looked at him and said like this is what all the people in the media said they're like Oh yeah, I mean, you look at him, and it was like the the ideal gay look. Like you know, he's a bondage boy, but he's the metal god, right? But the but the most telling thing about how gay he is is the lyrics. <laughs> the The lyrics That's are funny. so, dude. They're so gay. That's like like eat me I alive. Like there's anything wrong with that? Yeah, and, and you you. You read these lyrics for most of these songs, and then you—that's where you go. How did you not know this guy was gay? It's <laughs> yeah, that that one's funny. I like the video for Hot Rockin', where just like half of them are in a, they're in like a bathhouse for most of the video. <laughs> go on, you eat me. Well, alive. and then and then another one like, let me put my love in ACDC. I really one. that that high. I like that one. Yeah, oh, that's one of the Cause, worst cause, ACDC songs. Look, you look which ones we got next. It, okay, it's not, uh, uh, well, I don't know. There's see. a there are a few that I would rate higher than than that one. Okay, okay. Well, then the next one I got high and dry with Def Leppard. 
Oh, I, yeah, I would rate that one higher than Let Me Put My Love In You. <laughs> Not the best Def Leppard song, but pretty good song. No, though. it's okay. Then yeah, I got... Uh, okay, uh, can we can we go over this song? Like, what? It, high and Dry? Yeah, I, I thought this was... A, okay, okay, never mind. I, I was thinking uh, Too High to Fly by Dawkins, because I was going to say... Oh, uh, no, no. I thought High... Because Too High to Fly is, like, actually a, a, an anti-drug song. So I didn't know if High and Dry was... Uh, uh, actually, anti. No. I don't. I don't know. I, I no, don't it's know like a. It's high and chorus. dry. Uh, high and dry Saturday night. Yeah, I know. I know the name of the song. Oh, I okay. Don't know the lyrics. Okay, Saturday. Yeah, okay. I feel right. I've been drinking all day. Okay, so it's probably <laughs> not anti. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not. The number eight. I got Sheena Easton. Sugar walls. I like. I her think voice. that's. I think that song's kind of bad. You don't like that. You don't like my uh, the Mary Jane girls or Sheena Easton. Okay. Well, well, why do you uh, like the Sheena Easton song? I just liked her voice. I thought yeah, she had a good voice. She is a good singer. Yeah, I don't think I necessarily like the music, but it's like no, wow, no, I think that song good, is not the good, the good voice. I'm yeah. sure she has good songs. She, uh, my got, baby takes the morning train. You, know, you remember that song? Oh yeah. Okay, um, so do you remember the the uh, the episode of South Park? Kenny dies. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. Yeah, so at the beginning, when when Cartman right before he finds, <laughs> well, yeah, well, remember Cartman's riding his big wheel on the the snowy, windy mountain, like right when he finds all the aborted fetuses. That's the <laughs> song. That's the song that he's singing while he's riding uh, he's his big wheel. Busting up. my balls, Rick. Uh, <laughs> you're breaking my balls. <laughs> Yeah, you break my bag. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's riding his big wheel on like a snowy, windy mountain road. How can he yeah. pedal up that? But anyway, but that's so he's like, my baby changed money. Oh, he was singing it. Yeah, the Sheena Easton song he's singing. Yeah, oh, that's, that's probably funny. her most famous song. She also does a James Bond song. That one's oh, pretty cool. good. I don't know anything about the movie. It's it's for your eyes only, um, but the song is really good. I've seen hmm. I've seen a, a good number of the James Bond movies, but that one I don't know anything about. Other than there's a Sheena Easton song, and that that song is pretty good for your eyes only. Sheena Easton, I recommend it. It's better than Sugar Walls. Better than Sugar Walls. Yes. And then number nine, I got the, I got that she bop you bop song. That song's Cindy good. Lopper. I like that song. You do? That's... Yeah, it is. it's got a little surf, surfer vibe. I thought I thought it might be might have been the inspiration for the bop it that song. She bop you bop like bop it. Might maybe Twist it was. Could have yank it. Uh, Censor it. Let's see. I actually put that Venom song at number 10. That's not a good Venom song. No, but I felt like it's uh, really only the, I haven't listened to many Venom songs, but I felt like I have to put it there. I mean, I put Sheena Easton and the Mary Jane girls ahead of them. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I gotta, I gotta do something here at least. That's funny because there are some songs on there that I think you have way undervalued. And and I understand why you put Mary Jane Girls as high as you did because 
it is it's this is that term awesomely bad absolutely it's, it's so cheesy it's so lame that it it is funny yeah that song it has got and it's got a parental advisory sticker on it yeah no. and then all right 11 madonna dress you up yeah Catchy. i would put Where i would put want? that like, like two or three really yeah I, wow. no, that that's a good madonna song okay that's a really good song I I think most of the songs on Like a Virgin and True Blue are really good, but that's a really good song. And then, gosh, I uh, I put Motley Crue at twelve with the Bastard song. I think that song sucks. I I like most of the. That's the only song I really skip on Shout at the Devil. Yeah. Well, and that one it made me realize like why I never liked Tommy Lee as a drummer. Like he is not skilled. Tommy Lee's he's a decent drummer. You think he's good? I think yeah, I think he's okay. He, like he's 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 okay on the scale. Like when I say he's okay, I don't mean he's passable. I think he is a, a mostly uh a mostly well, solid overrated. drummer. Well, yeah, he's yeah. more spectacular. Yeah. I mean Tom, Tommy Lee is a trash I mean, like, human I being. Like, I feel like they had to like risk his life in order for him to stay in the band. It's like, all right, you're not really that great of a drummer. They were but all risking their life. Around yeah, but uh, okay, well, little, yeah. you know what I mean. I'm like, all right, you're gonna you're gonna parachute today. No, like, he <laughs> he was as good at drums as the rest of them were at what they did. What about Mick Mars? He's he was like the best Mar- part of that band. Sure, yeah, Mick Mars made the sound that is Motley Crue. Um, but is Mick Mars better than most uh, of those guitar players from that era in playing that type of music? Not, not really, but he did, he did give it a, a very distinct sound, but Tommy, Tommy Lee's a fine drummer. Okay. He's not. And I, and I say, okay. On the scale of like, um, like, like, a a good drummer to like Inferno from Behemoth where, you know, he's, he's somewhere in the middle. He, he is competent enough. He, he can play the drums, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do know what you mean, but the music didn't really call for drumming to be that impressive. He, he's no Chuck Biscuits. That is true. Chuck Biscuits. Yes. Total classic drummer. Great name. Apparently, Mother by Danzig was about the PMRC. Oh, that's interesting. Apparently. I don't know if that's true. That's what I heard. Very well. could be. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of what he's saying. Like, they tell your children not to look my way. Tell your children not to want to my hear way, my way, words, what, what they, they say. say. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he's talking about. He's like, like the PMRC, you know, tell your children not don't to listen be, to yeah. my music. Don't be a... Don't take uh, the rock and roll. Well, I mean, like, with... I guess the idea is that government is just parents for adults, you know. So don't, yeah, mother. That kind of makes sense. But thirteen, oh, yeah. I got, I got uh, vanity. Strap on, Robbie. I've never Robbie heard that Davey. song. I... So okay, it's it's really interesting because it it has a cool riff, but then the vocals aren't good. Vanity is what they call uh, a prince girl, where prince used to to um, uh, ravage women, ruin them, and then in exchange he would make them into like 
rock stars. And it never and that was like a never, real thing. Yeah, that was a thing. There was a so all these girls they had these um these like flash in the pan moments. Who who was that one girl? She did that. He wants to leave the fabulous life he don't need. Man's not. She wants to leave fabulous don't. life without love. It ain't much. You know that song? I don't. I don't think so. But okay, that was another um, like Prince girl song. Yeah, but it's like the song's so cheesy. Yeah, that's all those songs. She, it's gimmicky, and then it's so funny because there's a part for the solo, and they turn the solo so far down, and it just goes like, so like it sounds like it's doing something, but it's just probably like three notes just going over and over like a mini scale. Like it's that's why I'm like, okay, this is like pathetic. It's a gimmicky. It's like you know, it's not creative. That's every pop song that was just the Sheila is not impressive. The glamorous life. Oh yes. That's yes. who it was. My mistake. Yeah. She, yeah. All right. And she don't number... need a man's touch. She wants to leave the glamorous life without love. It ain't much. That one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was like another like Prince girl. Yeah, produced by Prince. Yeah, that that was that was a that was a thing. That's kind of bizarre. Kind yeah, of and, and all these songs. This this was like the the trial run for what pop is now, where the songs seem to be uh, like assembly line, where they they were just like turn out pop well, song. Like it's made from cheap parts that they get in China. It's made from like cheap rubber, cheap plastic, and then they just they just manufacture them as quickly as possible and and be, because they're these these cheap made in china manufactured products they just break really quickly and then they're replaced with the new product that's what all these songs are i have not listened to strap on robbie baby but i'm going to listen to it now especially because you rated it so low yeah yeah you should because I, I would be interested to get your take because it's it's weird how how it like it's just the, this is funny it, okay okay don't tell me i'm gonna go i'm gonna guess your next two picks your next one is going to be we're not going to take it yeah well that'll be kind of the process of elimination but yes yeah, well, right. and, well and the bottom would have been <laughs> darling nikki though right yeah that was my work that was honestly yeah. completely unlistenable it's like it's like literally i called it like the system of a down of that era like that is just Oh, it's just simple. I think because it was just so chaotic. I guess there's that's, some lyrical that sense. That is the to thing it, about Prince. Prince is perhaps one of the most well, one of the most unique artists of all time. Where he would do a lot of really interesting stuff because he had a lot of straightforward pop. He had a lot of funk. He kind of bounced around genres. One one thing I do recommend everybody do: watch the music video for Bat Dance. It is, it is very creative and very interesting because Prince did a lot of songs on the Batman movie soundtrack and the, the songs in it, they're all pretty good. Like Bat Dance is a, a very interesting music video and the, the song itself is interesting. He's, he's just jumping around genre to genre and it's not like, you know, it's a 20 minute song. It's only like five minutes or so. And it, it, it is creative. Um, I think 
Um, Trust is a good song, pretty you know straightforward pop song. A Party Man, another good one, and I think Scandalous is a great song. I think that's the best song on that soundtrack. So, and Dar- Darling Nikki, I do agree that is a bad song, but it does fall in line with Prince kind of jumping around from genre to genre. And, and well, not genre to genre so much, but different musical styles in general. They're very creative artists, and I will call Darling Nikki both filthy and uh, a misfire musically. But that is interesting to me that we're not going to take it as so low on this list that has uh, Sugar Walls, Strap on Robbie Baby, and, and uh, uh, what's that first one? In My House. In My House. Keep you happy and satisfied. <laughs> my house. That's great. Oh, yeah. I want to be happy and satisfied in your but, in that. But house. why is we're not oh, yeah. gonna take it so low? Because Twisted Sister only has three good songs, and that's one of them. That's interesting. Tell me more. Yeah, I think. I mean, I've liked it in the past, but when I really think totally. about that song, yes, that yeah. song you is know, very I, cheesy. It's really cheap, like. And I listened to everything on this list, and this one really was kind of one of the more uncreative songs. Very generic. That Like, that song yeah. also does feel like, let's have a pop hit. And, like, yeah, and... Just, oh, come seems, all ye faithful, but, like, a rock version. Yeah, and, like, the more I think about how he was the number one, like, really the most he, memorable person from the whole the, yeah, PMRC the era. For it. He was, and he got a reality TV it. show with his family. Yep. Um, I think he's one of those artists that like really didn't sound good live. I could be wrong, but I I don't think he could sound like he does on the records. And I agree. I don't. I'm just not impressed. And frankly, like he, it seems like he tries to make himself not like a target, but injects himself he tries into, to like, he tries bigot. to make himself more important than he really yes. is him and yeah. scott ian yeah not, yeah. yeah he because he's another person it there's probably an interesting parallel between him and scott ian where these are bands that for some reason the people the the, the one person in it is more famous than the band and people don't really know why that person is famous to begin with well, and I think too at D Snyder now, and hey, maybe it's us getting older, but we're thinking about the kids and what what should the kids be allowed? And I think, like I was just watch, I was watching South Park the other day on Comedy Central, and there was a commercial that just pops up, and it's RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's just all this stuff that I don't even understand. How can a kid watching South Park or whatever? network television is going to understand even a commercial so i don't think so the backstory is d snyder is like he's threatening to put on makeup and drag stuff on or something again like i don't really get what his arguments are but well i want to i want to say this i'll stop you real quick the funny thing is that he's basically admitting that it's taboo like i will do it i'll do this but but d isn't your your thing that it's a good thing and 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 people like it but you're 
you know that there's clearly something wrong if, if you're using it as a threat and you took it off for a reason. Yeah. I mean, it, it just seemed like a hypocrite. And oh, yeah. You know, I, like, here's, I, the, here's the reality with D. Snyder. D. Snyder, they, they had the, their set, I think it's their second record, the one that has We're Not Gonna Take It and, and I, I Wanna Rock. And that was a, a pretty big record because at, at that time, metal was getting pretty popular. So you get a few songs with some pretty heavy airplay on MTV, maybe on the radio. And people go out and buy the record and then they realize, okay, this band sucks. I'm not, I'm not going to buy anything else from them because they're not good. So he's trying to stay relevant, but the reality is his band is not timeless. His band sucks. He sucks. So he inserts himself into all these situations to make himself seem more important than he is. D. Snyder was on Chappelle's show once. Was he really? Yes. Like this, well, this, what... this guy is just, he just, for some reason he's around. And again, he's more famous than his music is. But why is he famous? It's not like he's more famous than, okay. Do you know who Nick Cave is? Nick Cave? Not Nick yeah. Cage? No, not Nick. Well, do you know who Nick Cage is? Cages or Cage? I know Nick Cage. Oh, well, okay. Well, at least you know Nick Cage. Well, there's a different guy named Nick Cave. Now, he was in a band called Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And it was a band, but he he ended up being a screenwriter. Have you ever seen that movie? It's called Lawless. It's got um, uh, the guy who played Bane and Transformers Kid and um, the guy. Yeah, I think they're uh, like uh, mobsters or something. And yeah. Shia LaBeouf and Tom yes, Hardy. That, yeah, those guys. Yeah, 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 those guys. And I only know about this movie because Nick Cave wrote it. And, and it, was, it was like kind of, a, kind of a big movie. I don't know how successful it was, but it was, it was something. But this guy, he was... He wasn't just like a musician. He was, I don't know if he was, if he directed movies, but he at least wrote them. I, I don't know if he made that one. Uh, let's do a quick little, little glance over his, uh, filmography. Okay. So he made some things. Uh, well, it just kind of reminds me of like Rob Zombie, you know, of the musician transitioning into making movies yeah except rob zombie makes bad movies where uh nick nick cave um he he made like competent films so screenwriting okay let's see he wrote something called the proposition uh okay directed by john hillcoat yeah that was the guy who directed um that movie with um shia labeouf and that other guy lawless that's it. Yes. Paul. Tom Hardy. Yes. Yes. Tom Hardy. Yes. So Nick Cave just wrote it. Uh, you think darkness is your ally? Yeah. Uh, um, oh, wrong guy. I'm trying to look at this Nick Cave. I'm just trying to look for the stuff that he did. But yeah, Nick Cave, uh, he wrote a proposed sequel to Gladiator. Yeah. Um, so th- this guy was, he was something. 
he he was he was in movies uh just a, a bunch of stuff so this guy just all all around you know he it looks like he wrote like poems he was in movies uh it looks like bad seeds is still around so th- Boy, this guy like... and, and and he's he's nowhere near as famous as well, he's not Snyder. this like uh this uh social justice warrior or whatever you want to call d snyder whatever he thinks he is this uh he's got to save all the drag got to save the drag queens yeah d. snyder to the rest and then and then you saw that he was going to be featured on uh you know the what was it like the pride parade in san francisco and then he he they liked him out some, they kicked him out because he liked something that Paul Stanley said. And yeah, and Paul Stanley said something that was like anti-drag queen or something. So they yeah, can't he be associated that, like, with him. He thought like eight-year-olds should keep their, you know, genitalia. Oh yeah, that's what it was. That's what, yeah, yeah. something, yeah, he oh, said. Oh no, you're out. You're out, D. He's like, what? <laughs> no yeah, one wants him. Like, that's what happens when you're a phony. Like, no, you're. Exactly. And Yeah. <laughs> he's just desperate to, to stay relevant. And. Yeah, no publicity twist. is bad publicity, right? All yeah, publicity. well, you know what? That used to be true. That that's not true. Like now we're in the age of cancel culture, where uh, bad publicity like ruins your career and your life. As long as is you, as long as it's it's the wrong kind of bad publicity, because there's bad publicity that's like this person was drunk in public, and then there's this person liked the wrong tweet, and. And arguably being drunk in public is, is far worse, (laughs) but the, these tweets that people might like, like people track it down and they see oh official Twitter liked a tweet like by Paul Stanley. And then Paul Stanley said something, therefore he supports everything Paul Stanley said ever. No, it's that's crazy. Or they'll hold something that a sixteen-year-old said against them the rest of their life. Or yeah, know? or yeah, they'll they'll hold something that someone like, said why? when they were sixteen, like, like thirty yeah. years after the fact. And and D. Snyder clearly he doesn't understand this. He he does no. not know that this is the this is this is the people that he's decided to to buddy up with. Like these people, they'll turn on you for anything. They'll turn on you mm-hmm. for liking a tweet by Paul Stanley. And and he doesn't want his, you know, we're not going to take it, you know, played at like uh, political events. But hey, the, the the drag show, like like that's that's, that's good. That's, yeah, that's the choice. Yeah, you know, like that's a bunch where you of people music. Yeah, showing their genitals yeah. to children. You know what? That's yeah. what I'm all in, in yeah. favor of. Right? That's the that's the hill to but, die on. But that's no, the dear, our next to your name. No, no, no. Can't you can't play my song? But no. uh, yeah, you guys can. Like that's just. Just, it's just like basic nonsense, you know, no common sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's not like being in bed with, with these drag queens is beneficial for his career. Are, are, are the drag queens going to be the ones that, that bring your back or your band back well, on top? Is that what's yeah, going to happen? Yeah, maybe he might, he might be able to do a drag queen tour. He might be able to tour with them. I mean, he yeah. might be onto something like that. Drag queen that's story what, that's hour. What they want. Featuring Twisted Sister, you could play at the library. Maybe, yeah, maybe you could have uh, Metallica clothes for him. Who knows? Well, Metallica, uh, I, I have a hard time believing that James Hetfield is in favor of that. For all the criticisms we give of Metallica, I'm pretty sure James Hetfield is not okay with that. 
just based on little things that I've heard him say here and there throughout various interviews. Well, well at least is a, you know, I'm pretty sure James Hetfield said that he left California because of like cancel culture and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure he said that. Okay. I'm, I'm glad we can bring some positivity to Metallica in this. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, been, I don't, I don't, rather I don't, one-sided, you know? I don't we gotta, hate we gotta bring the, it back to the middle. I don't hate the Whoa. other three members of Metallica. I don't hate bass, rhythm, guitar, and lead guitar. You know, they're just people, you know, hollow shells of themselves. You know, I, I, I would want their career. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's the worst job someone could have as being in Metallica. I mean, for their salary, I'd I'd play Metallica songs all day. I, I you know it. I've I've come to terms with that. But you I wouldn't would, be sad about it, like James is apparently, because apparently I, they have all that. Like we already uh, got into. We don't have to go right, back yeah. into that. Yeah, no, I I I wouldn't be that that sad uh, about it. Um. Uh, but you know, it was. Uh, it's. It's 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 what it's fine. It's for thirty thousand a year. I wouldn't do it. But for their salary, yeah, I, 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 I'd do it. Could do that. But yeah, I, you know, I could do it for whatever they make. They probably make over a million dollars per show. They do. I'm sure they don't get to keep all that money because they got to pay their, you know, their crew and you know whatever. But I'm sure that they they make a, a huge amount of money per per year. I'm sure it's a. a, a insane amount but yeah but uh but the pmrc since its inception we'll we'll just we'll we'll end on this because they lost this fight because they were so uncharismatic and they did not pick the the correct songs to take up and they did not they did not know how to make this argument and they didn't have the correct proposal the music industry has turned into filth it's because they, they opened the floodgates to basically anything goes as far as music goes. Now, they, they did try to censor a few bands uh, th- that were really vulgar, but those bands are, um, they're, they're, they're tame by, the, by today's standards. Like Two Live Crew, they, they, there is a genre now called porn rap. I heard one song by someone that I, I thought, b- because of the video, I thought it was a joke. I thought they were making fun of over-the-top lyrics, but no, it turns out the genre is called porn rap, where people just say filthy, vulgar things, and any anyone can have access to it. Like, this stuff is on YouTube. You can have it on YouTube, no real problem. Sure, you, you do need an account to sign in to verify age, but how easy is that to do? It's incredibly easy. Anyone can make a Google account. It's, it's no problem. So since the, the PMRC conceded ground on this, um, the music is now an intellectual and emotional wasteland that just exists to, I'm talking about popular music, just you know, like the mainstream music, radio music. This exists to sell filth and horrible lifestyles to young people to condition them for hedonism as they get older. There, there is, there is no real creative 
or interesting mainstream acts pushed by music companies because they don't want people to be creative. They don't want people to take up instruments and to be empowered. They want people to sing about sex and crime because they want you to be trash. They want you, and they glorify these people too. They glorify these, these smut peddlers because they want you to think this is not only what's accepted and tolerated, but celebrated. Long, long, long gone, we're not going to take it. Now we're going to take it up to something. So, uh, DJ, you, you go ahead and take us home. You know, I, I, I agree. I think we're not going to take it. But um, what was kind of interesting about what you're saying about the, the porn rap, you know, there's been kind of like porn music for a while. Um, and I think, I don't know if you've gotten into Frank Zappa, but he's an interesting type of dude that I think he's someone who relayed a little more comedy, like, and it's almost like an individual journey. Once you, he, he's got, you know, once you venture into the weird and bizarre world of Frank Zappa, you know, it, it's an, like I listened to, he's got this um, taters and beer. Um, well, I mean, it's it's not taters, but and during the song, he's he's talking to the drummer, and the drummer's des- dressed up as the devil, and he's asking Frank Zappa, like, "So, what makes you think you're worthy of going to hell?" And Frank Zappa's is like, "Well, you know, I've I've been signed with Warner Brothers for eight years." <laughs> But he's yeah. got he, he he one of his songs. It's um, the Bobby Brown official video. He goes, you know, um, I used to smell like the American dream. Now I smell like Vaseline. And you know, he's got songs like "Don't Eat the Yellow Snow." Um, and then, but I mean, this guy's been around since the you know late sixties. Sixties, yeah. But but you've got Aerosmith with the uh, big ten inch uh, record. record. Song. Yeah, big ten inch. Um, you got ZZ Top with um, the Eliminator album, which is interesting that none of that was on the Filthy Fifteen. Like exactly, uh, give me all A your bunch love. Of stuff or, was missing, or, or like the legs video. You know, like in that legs might have been missing. after. You think? I think might've it was been. the. I it think it been. was uh, the Eliminator. But you got like Rough Boy in '85 and the Afterburner oh, no, album '84, like yeah. and Pearl Necklace. Like those, yeah, I know Pearl Necklace. Those didn't make the cut, but uh, yeah. So I think, like uh, you know, there is there is no like bar anymore. There's no standards in the PMRC. That whole it just seemed like it was doomed to fail from the start. And um, what generally happens is something that starts off as a great idea, it, they just fail with the execution. But this was like a coordinated attempt to really this this had no chance to to be successful. And yeah, I agree. And 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 then I think to your point, they're really you know, music makes you smarter. You know, playing a musical instrument, and uh, like I I would like to say that I've been playing the piano again, but unfortunately that has uh, eluded me as of now. But you know, that is one of the things I want to get back into because you know you kind of you are smarter. You're literally smarter listening to creative music like i feel yes yes when i listen to like iron maiden like 
I I have ideas that I it wouldn't get. It stimulates your brain. It, yes, exactly. It, it does. So when you're putting nonsense in, like bad energy, things that aren't creative, things that are made on an assembly line, they're, they'll get you to think, but not be... I not disagree. To think I think it I think stifles it you... your thinking. It conditions you. It conditions you to accept certain things. It's almost like, like this type of music, exactly. it's almost like a narcotic. Where the, the high effect, whether it's like the, the numbing aspect of cocaine or the, 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 um, even smoking a cigarette or something. Right. Or the the sedation of, uh, of opium where there, there is a different kind of like serotonin or dopamine release from listening to this bad music. It, It is the equivalent of eating fast food. Or like or drinking Mountain Dew, or yeah, I was gonna say, or or like a, like a candy bar that's made from like stuff besides sugar. Yeah, Mountain Dew, like the high fructose corn syrup and, and yellow dye number five, or you know, whatever. Like all these things that really do mess with your brain chemistry and you know just just make you into another person. That's what this this new this pop is, and. Someone can argue, well, like music is music, and it, but, 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 okay, you, you'll make the same argument for like doing drugs, then because you don't get anything out of it. the The lyrics are are encouraging bad behavior. The music is so simplified, and and it's it's made on a computer that anyone could do it, and uh, it it's it's encouraged. But like you want to you want to you know, keep up with the Joneses. You got to hear this new pop song. And then you're encouraged to celebrate these celebrities where these celebrities, they're, they're all losers. They're none of them are happy. None of them have a positive message. They're only happy when they're promoting filth and degeneracy. Otherwise they're always miserable. They're all alcoholics. They're all drug addicts. They're always popping pills and they're complaining about like as much as that band, good Charlotte sucks. They did have a point with that song, the lifestyles, the rich and famous, like you're always complaining. It's like, you got so many problems, you know, give me some of your problems. And he's talking about money, but that, but that's the truth is these, these people try to relate to us, but they sell us filth. And then they complain uh, that, that nothing is perfect for them when they have all the money and attention in the world. And the only thing you get out of it is bad lyrics that uh, that you don't want to hear in public and you probably shouldn't be singing and young people are the ones into it and when i say young i mean preteen to young teenagers it and the the pmrc uh, i am in favor of the pmrc and i and i wish something like that could return and they could actually drop the hammer down on a lot of these songs have you ever heard of this thing called drill rap Drill rap? Yes. I, so, I am unaware. <laughs> so drill rap, this is a new phenomenon where the there's rappers that rap about people they kill and crimes they commit. And they rap about the details of those. Like they'll say things that that is has not been released to the public. That it's kind of the thing like 
be on your lookout for a serial killer who removes the the left hand of every victim and cuts off their their uh their pinky finger but the reality is they cut off the right hand and they cut off the index finger and they'd be rapping about like I cut off the right hand, cut off his index finger. I threw it behind the dumpster at the Arby's. And those will be the exact details of a crime that's happened that nobody would know about except for the investigators. And that's, that's what this thing drill rap is. And they cannot use those lyrics as evidence. That was crazy. That was the speech that D Snyder is protecting. Murders go unsolved. Because of D. Snyder. And on, on that note, would you like to say farewell? Yeah, and we want to thank you for tuning in to the Metal Podcast. And you can reach out to us anytime, and we will be back. Thank you, and stay safe out there.